Up next is the Daily Devotional by Pastor Tim Dodson, pastor of Believer's Church in Menominee, Wisconsin. Subscribe to our podcast by visiting burningdogradio.com and clicking on subscribe. Thanks for listening to Burning Dog Radio. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 14. Beginning in verse 1, we read, When he, that is Jesus, went into the house of one of the rulers of the Pharisees on a Sabbath to eat bread, they were watching him. Behold, a certain man who had dropsy was in front of him. Jesus answering, spoke to the lawyers and Pharisees, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? But they were silent. He took him and healed him and let him go. Now, let us not miss this important fact herein that Jesus actually went to the home of a Pharisee to have lunch. Jesus, it seemed, had a unique way of being able to minister to the streets and yet never let the streets minister to him. In this, he has left us with a great example of the manifestation of our faith. Jesus asks us to be separate from the world, but that separation is to be in heart and passions and pursuits, not in the body. Many err in believing that living the Christian life means we are to physically remove ourselves from the lost and dying world that we are called to witness to. First of all, we can never remove ourselves from the world of sin, not as long as we personally are still in the room. For each of us is yet an active sinner, and to think otherwise is to believe contrary to Scripture and, frankly, is just foolishness. The misunderstanding of this biblical principle of separation has led to cultic compounds, legalistic and extreme religious sects complete with officially recognized dress codes, as well as the simplest and most immediate effect of all, and that's the failure to evangelize Christ in any real and meaningful way. A failure to minister as Christ himself modeled for us. The powers that be, it seems, had once again saddled up close to Jesus herein, but only in an attempt to find and exploit some weakness that might manifest itself. We read here that Jesus spotted this man with dropsy before him. Now, dropsy is a condition in which water is retained in the body, and that leads to swollen limbs. You can read more about it in Numbers 5, 11 through 27. Please note that dropsy really, in fact, is a symptom, not really a specific disease, okay? Now, please note the language of the text. It says that they were watching him. The world is still watching him, well, and watching us too. They deny his existence, they ridicule his followers, yet they are still watching. In fact, they build entire groups, clubs, and political arms that do nothing but spend all of their time and money on something they say doesn't even exist. It's interesting to find a man with such an overt and visual ailment as this at a Pharisee's house, and moreover, why conveniently seated in front of Jesus. Now this smells like a trap for sure. However, this was nothing new for Jesus because 
these kind of traps were constantly being laid in an effort to bring him down. The irony is that Christ, being God in flesh, well, he knew every thought and every motive. It's like trying to compete against God on jeopardy. In reality, this man would have never been allowed to show up at such a social gathering in a Pharisee's house. But yet, here he is. Once again, Jesus is not deterred, nor is he intimidated. He immediately counters this subterfuge with the question, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? Now, of course, as often was the case, there was no reply. For those who sought to trap Jesus were suddenly trapped themselves. If they answered yes, they would be giving permission. And if they answered no, they would lose the support of the people by appearing to have no compassion. They were cornered. Their silence now was our Lord's open door. Though he needed none, he took that door. Verse 5, he answered them, Which of you, if your son or ox fell into the well, wouldn't immediately pull him out on a Sabbath day? They couldn't answer him regarding these things. Like with many religious folks today, common sense was apparently well checked at the door when these folks arrived. Why does such common sense go absent in these kind of situations? Certainly God requires that we live by faith and Scripture acknowledges that there are many of God's ways that we will fail to understand, but in reality, the Father is in no way requiring us to somehow be mindless drones. Jesus simply asked these guys if they had an ox, or furthermore their own son, and it fell into a pit on the Sabbath, would they pull it out, even if the rules say to keep the Sabbath day holy? Certainly the ox if not his own son would appreciate it. And if it could speak, this ox that is, he would no doubt be the first to tell you that rescuing him, well, that is an act of holiness. Certainly the Orthodox Jew still lives today under that weight of very stringent rules concerning the Sabbath. There's all sorts of rules which would render the average Orthodox Jew unable to cook, move about freely, or factually even tear the toilet paper. In an effort to somehow earn our standing with our Creator, things have gotten out of hand. And while everyone is debating where the line falls, well, Jesus just goes ahead and heals the guy because it's just simply the right thing to do. You see, to show love and compassion to a human being is holiness in action. And you know what? That's a great Sabbath activity. As usual, Jesus leaves the crowd speechless. It really was not much of a battle, despite the fact that the Pharisees were trying the best that they could. Verse 7 of our text says, He spoke a parable to those who were invited. And when he noticed how they chose the best seats and said to them, When you are invited by anyone to a wedding feast, don't sit in the best seat since perhaps someone more honorable than you might be invited by him. And he who invited both of you would come and tell you, make room for this person. Then you would begin with shame to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit in the lowest place, so that when he who invited you comes, he may tell you, friend, move up here higher. 
that you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at the table with you. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Jesus here and takes this opportunity to broach the real issue, and that is the issue of pride. You see, it was their self-absorbed arrogance that was really at play at that table that day, not some false ideal related to uh, the Sabbath. One of the difficult things to learn about God's kingdom is that things can often be, well, upside down. In the worldly realm, the one that these men were still living in, the most important guy would sit right up next to the host. It was the coveted chair and, of course, the most sought after. But in the kingdom of God, well, things work just the opposite. In fact, the seat the farthest away from the host was and is the highest seat. The humbling of a man or woman is something that is guaranteed by God. The question is simply when and how. It may seem like a small thing going after the coveted seat at dinner, but not to Christ. For God sees the bigger picture. And to lift ourselves up, to exalt ourselves, well, that has broader implications. When we lift ourselves up, we must therefore put others down. And to do so, well, that's hardly the manifestation of godly love. To lift ourselves in such a way is an act of self-sufficiency. A foolish and rather silly concept to anyone who is living in the real world. Anyone who attempts to live in such a manner lives in a constant state of insecurity, always trying to position himself or herself just a little higher. But it's never high enough. In the kingdom of God, the way up you see is the way down. We must be little in our own eyes before we can be large in his eyes. That was our daily devotions by Pastor Tim Dodson. For more information about Tim Dodson and Believers Church, visit jfbelievers.com. Music